How do you do? What kind of man becomes a United States Navy SEAL? The training is so brutal that fewer than 20% of the few chosen finish the course. Part of the SEAL creed is, I persevere and thrive on adversity, which was true of the man in this story. He persevered, earning his trident, but didn't thrive until his heart and mind and life were unshackled. So tell me about your mom. Sir, you need to understand that we're putting our lives at risk by talking to you. If you send us back to her after our testimony, she'll kill us. Hmm, I see. Can you share with me specifics about what happened? Sir, she's able to hide her abusive side from everyone. She'll walk in here and be very charming. She'll smile and tell you what a wonderful mother she is and what charming children she has. Hmm, I see. Every day we come home in fear, wondering if she's in a good mood or a bad mood. Please elaborate on her behavior when she's in a bad mood. <laughs> it's, it's okay. You're safe. Please go on. She drinks heavily. She often has vodka sitting next to her. When she's drunk, she's violent. She yells and screams at any time of the day. She tells us we're worthless. She throws things at us and beats us ruthlessly. Okay, that's fine. We'll bring her in here and you repeat everything you just told me. This is Unshackled, the longest-running radio drama in history, true life stories of real people, produced in Chicago by Pacific Garden Mission. Uncertainty clouds every day for the homeless. Where to find food, where to sleep tonight, whom to trust. That's why Pacific Garden Mission keeps the doors open day and night, welcoming hundreds of men, women, and children. The mission provides nourishing meals, fresh clothing, clean bunks, even medical and dental care, all without charge, thanks to friends who care and send financial gifts. Pastors and counselors introduce them to the one who never changes, the one who is the same yesterday and today and forever. Him they can trust. Now for broadcast around the earth, here's program number 3,153 in the series Unshackled, the program that makes you face yourself and think. Mrs. Hanson, please sit down. Uh, Gunner, please share what you were just saying. Vivian, I've been sharing how you abuse us. Vivian? Abuse? What are you talking about, son? I discipline you, Gunner. There's no abuse. You're lying. You beat us all the time. You drink, you waste money on vodka, and we starve. What are you talking about? I feed you three hot meals every day, sweetheart. You're a liar. You beat us almost every day. You never cook for us. We eat frozen chicken pot pies if we're lucky. You trash the house while you're beating us. Then you make us clean up your mess while you scream at us and call us worthless. You punched me in the nose, and even though it was bleeding, you punched me again. You tried to drown me. You tried to suffocate me. I am never going back to you, and neither is my sister. <laughs> 
The man in our story was 11 when this confrontation with his mother determined his future. This is the true testimony of Gunnar Hansen right now on Unshackled. Mom and Dad had both been married before and were 40 years old when I was born. Mom's emotional problems, fueled by alcohol, made her volatile. My little sister was an infant and I was two when they divorced because of Mom's instability. She moved us to Lake Tahoe when I was eight and my little sister and I spent summers with my dad in San Diego. He remarried and my stepmother supported him in gaining custody of us. Rick, did you notice the bruises on Gunnar? Yes, he said he got into a scrape at school. That's what he told me at first. Then he admitted that his mother beat him. Why? Who knows? He said on his sixth birthday she took him to get some ice cream. She insisted they put six scoops on the cone, one for each year. Then when Gunnar took the cone, all the scoops toppled onto the floor. She beat him for it. I hope that's not true even though Vivian is emotionally unstable. You have to get those kids away from her. I've been trying for years, Cheryl. She's fighting me all the way. Most of my five half-sisters and brothers were much older and gone by the time I can remember, except for Beth and Vince. They became my protectors. Vince was eight years older than I. Beth consoled me whenever Mom abused me, but she moved away and married. I was in third grade when Mom flew into a drunken rage and punched me in the nose. I was thinking about reaching out to her for consolation because I was bleeding when she punched me in the nose again. The summer I was ten, we were in the swimming pool when she lay on the raft and held me underwater. You're just like your father. Just like your father! I panicked and dove deeper to get away. Vince, let's get out of here. Mom's in a bad mood. Maybe she sobered up some, and we can go back inside. I hope so. I'm hungry. Uh, there's nothing to eat, so don't even think about it. Not even any frozen dinners? No, we ate the last one. I can make you some tea. I'll be glad when I'm bigger and I can get away from her. I'll go see if she's in a better mood. I'll let you know if the coast is clear. Dad sent Mom a check for us at the beginning of each month, but she spent the money on booze. Sometimes when Mom was intoxicated, she'd wake us up in the middle of the night and beat us, yelling and screaming, and I would cry out to God for help. Dad was completely different from her. He took me to church when we were with him. We spent quality time with my paternal grandfather. I was 11 when Dad finally won the custody battle. Seven years I fought to get you kids, Gunner. I'm so happy that it's now over. I told the judge if he made us go back to her, I would take my sister and run away because Mom would kill us. Your big sister Beth wrote us a letter and told us about the abuse you kids suffered every day, mentally and physically. Why didn't you tell someone at school, son? I was afraid of what she might do to us. Did your mother try to defend herself at the hearing? No, she was so angry that she got up and stalked out. The next day, she just didn't come back. Oh, Beth will be so glad you're out of there. Yes, she stood up for you, son. I was an only child, so I know that family is important. I want you two to keep seeing your brothers and sisters. That was the happiest day of my young life. 
but the effects of the abuse and the separation from my brother lingered. My emotions had been greatly damaged by the abuse. I did poorly in school because I had been so focused on survival that I hadn't learned the foundations. Dad owned his own business and flew his own airplane because he had been a naval aviator graduating from the U.S. Naval Academy. He was gone a lot on business trips, and I hungered for his attention. My goodness, Gunner, take it easy on the hinges. If I can survive, the door will too. Did you get in another fight at school? No, they know better than to try that again. I got the best of them last time. You do have experience at fighting back, don't you? Better believe it. Where's Dad? Oh, he flew up to Monterey for a few days. I wanted to talk to him. He's always gone. He'll call later. Where are you going? Out to shoot my BB gun. Oh, don't fire down the hill. We don't need any more complaints. I loved my stepmother as my real mom because she had genuine love for us. She was kind and taught us the finer things in life. Took us horseback riding and to charity dinners at the country club. What a change from starving in the woods. After a year of going to school with inner city kids, my parents sent me to a private school where I became a class clown to fit in socially. I wasn't invited back the next year, so my family moved to La Mesa, where I finished eighth grade and started high school. Gunner, I hear you skipped school last week. Don't tell me you went surfing again. You gotta go when the surf's up, Dad. Academics are more important than sports. You won't go anywhere in life without a good education. I pass all my exams. Barely, judging by your grades. You always told me sports were important, too. They are, but you need to be well-rounded. You have to quit cutting school. Don't worry, Dad. I'll graduate. If you don't care about your future, son, you'll never succeed. I'm good at water sports. Maybe I'll make a career of swimming. With all kinds of freedom, I pushed the limit, and Dad wasn't very consistent with discipline. By the time I was in my junior year, I was drinking with friends. I had my driver's license and a job, but I continued to ditch classes to go surfing. One day, a policeman picked me up from school and took me to my parents. Gunner, the vice principal called me again today. He wanted to know why you've been missing so much school. Seems you've been forging our name to your report card so we wouldn't know. Oops. We can't have you disobeying rules. We're sending you to disciplinary camp in Utah. Utah? For how long? Most of the summer. I'll miss out on surfing. You should have thought of that. Remember, there are always consequences to wrong decisions. I actually had a great time in the wilderness with five other guys and came home to a better relationship with my dad. He and I had always gone to church together, but it was just ritual. I'd never heard the gospel of Christ. Then I went to a Christian band concert with a girl from school, at the end of which they gave an altar call. The girl urged me to go forward, and I did, but I was very drunk and didn't understand what they explained. That was my senior year, and my grades weren't good enough for college. I knew Dad would not continue to pay for me to lie around partying at the community college where most of my friends planned to go. So I made a bold decision. What's up, son? Sit down, Dad. We need to talk. What did you do now? I enlisted in the Navy. I'm going to be a SEAL. Well, wonders never cease. 
It's the delayed entry program, and I'm already sworn in. You passed the qualifying test? Yes, sir. He said I did very well on it. Passed the physical, too. No sweat. My son, a Navy SEAL. When do you go in? Fifteen days after I graduate. Boot camp, then the Naval A School. He said the SEAL training is rigorous. In a moment, we'll hear about Gunnar's training. We welcome visitors. We want you to see what the Lord has done, providing a haven to homeless people, a safe place to live while they get their lives in order. You can take a virtual tour on our website, unshackled.org, but we provide real tours anytime you're in Chicago. The best day to visit is Saturday, when we produce a true story for Unshackled. And you can be part of the audience, watching the actors, the director, and the sound effects person bring a testimony to life. Afterward, you can join us for supper, eating the same meal in the dining room with our homeless guests. Then you can join us for praise and worship. There's no charge for anything. One of the visitors wrote this in our guest book. I really enjoyed the tour. I am amazed at your ministry and the fact that your doors have never closed. For more information or to schedule a group tour, write to Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Our email address, unshackled at pgm.org. Sometime between my enlistment and the time I was to ship out for boot camp, my dad was diagnosed with kidney cancer. He had surgery right away, and seeing him in the hospital, I realized that I loved him and wasn't ready to lose him. Gunner, good to see you, son. You too, Dad. Shouldn't you be on your way to boot camp soon? They transferred me to San Diego for boot camp, so I don't leave for a while. Boot camp in your hometown? How did you manage that? I called one of your friends who put me in touch with the right person. Good. I'll get to see you. Won't be able to talk, but at least I can see you. Because I did well with regimen, boot camp was easy. Maybe it was my dad's condition, but my longing for God was rekindled, and I went to the chapel service on base. The church service of my youth was boring, so I tried a different one one with recruits in the band and lively music. The chaplain's sermon even made sense to me. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That verse from Proverbs chapter 16 is as true today as when it was written thousands of years ago. We know better, yet we choose to do the wrong thing. Why is that? Because man is born with a sin nature separated from God. Even so, there is no excuse because God has put within us a conscience. The Bible says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Jesus said it a different way. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction. 
and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Jesus said, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Reconciliation with God comes only through the blood of Christ shed on the cross. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So God lets us choose, but warns us to choose his way. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. I liked the chapel service so much that I went every week during boot camp. Just before graduating, my best friend threw a party for me where I got drunk and hooked up with a girl I knew casually. After graduation in San Diego, I reported for aid training in Virginia Beach. I tried the chapel service once, but didn't go back. Weekends, I hit the bars with my friends. They didn't question our fake IDs, Gunner. Resourcefulness is part of being a SEAL, Tyler. (laughs) So is drinking, I'm happy to find. Yeah. I can't wait to start SEAL training. You're a masochist, like me. I'll drink to that. I was made for this life. The drinking or being a warrior? Both. I grew up fighting to survive. Special warfare? Bring it on. During Christmas break, I returned to San Diego where I went to another party and saw the girl I had hooked up with in September. When she told me she was pregnant, my world collapsed. I was sure that my shot at Navy SEALs had evaporated. Stunned at her words, I said nothing to anyone. When my leave ended, I went back to Virginia Beach. For the next couple of months, she and I talked by phone. At first, I was noncommittal. What do you think I should do? I can't decide for you. I'm four months along. I just don't know what to do. It's your choice. I'll support whatever you decide. It looked as if she was going to have the baby, and I started to come to terms with that in a positive way. But I didn't encourage her. Another month passed, and she was five months along, so I called her. I had an abortion. What did you just say? I went to Los Angeles. There's a doctor there who did the abortion. Do you know what it was? It was a boy. It was a boy. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. It was a boy, not a blob of tissue, as they say. I never mentioned the abortion to anyone, but the pain stuck in my heart, along with guilt for my failure to protect my child. Like many others, I drank to escape the guilt. One night, I used my fake ID to slip into a bar that was packed. A big glass tip jar full of dollar bills sat on the bar, and I furtively took money out to buy drinks. In spite of my stealth, the bouncer noticed, put me in a headlock, and dragged me out of the bar. What a night. I told my buddy about it the next day. Oh, you got nailed. Did I ever. They took my fake ID. Oh, you can make another. I don't dare do that now. I don't want to spoil my shot at SEAL training. Yeah, I guess you're right. When the police showed up, I tried to talk my way out of it. I kept telling them I had orders to SEAL training and this would ruin everything. Well, at least you didn't pick a fight. 
Or did you? No, but I was so drunk, my words sounded very slurred, even to me. They said, shut up before you get in worse trouble. <laughs> so did they haul you off to jail? No, they called some retired Navy master chief, and he drove me back to base. He volunteers to help drunken sailors on weekends. Uh, how much was the ticket? No tickets, no charges. Man, you were lucky, Gunner. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. In August of 1994, I reported for the first phase of SEAL training called BUDS, Basic Underwater Demolition. They focused on physical conditioning, water competency, teamwork, and mental tenacity. Training was brutal, cold, wet, horrible. We started with 180 guys who kept dropping out on request, DOR. We had timed runs and timed swims in the ocean. The training was all about survival, the most demanding military training in the world. But my early life had prepared me for the instructors who were unrelenting. I remember thinking, man, these guys are ruthless. At least mom would pass out and quit. Midway through phase one came hell week, when we had to go five days with a total of only four hours sleep. Are you holding up, Gunner? Yeah, but it freezes. Uh, it'll take more than this to give me the DOR. Yeah, me too. They're trying to get our leader to quit. Please, dude, quit. Do it for us. Hey, Dad. I survived Hell Week and got my brown shirt. Congratulations, son. I'm so proud of you. It's not over till I get my trident, but I'm well on my way to becoming a Navy SEAL. Was it as bad as they say? Worse. We had to jump in the ocean with our clothes on, strip them off, and tread water till they told us to get out. <laughs> water temperature's cold this time of year. Low 50s, and the air temp was in the low 30s. When we got out, we had to lie on a steel pier. Talk about hypothermia. You can't move fast, and you're confused, and they're yelling and shining flashlights in your face. It was not pretty. But you survived. What comes next? Hydro recons, where we swim up to the beach and make a map of the beach. All that swimming and surfing you did as a teenager is paying off. Sure is. They time our swims, and each one is longer and longer. Started with two nautical miles, and we're up to five and a half nautical miles now. Phase two is scuba diving, isn't it? Yes. We start with an open circuit, then go to a closed circuit so we don't have bubbles. I love it all, Dad. Can't wait to start diving under ships to plant explosives. Phase two had more classroom academics, learning dive physics and physiology. More students dropped out. We had to swim five and a half nautical miles in the ocean. I noticed that being successful in each step of my training didn't satisfy me, but I finished phase two. Phase three was land warfare. We learned survival and how to shoot and use explosives. I graduated and went to Army Airborne School, then went home to San Diego. Oh, you sure look smart in your uniform, Gunner. Thanks, Mom. What is that insignia? Airborne wings. Guys complain about how tough the training is in jump school, but it's nothing compared to SEAL training. And which one is your SEAL insignia? I haven't earned the trident yet. Oh, good grief. After all you've been through? It's coming, Mom. 
Your dad said you had to swim more than six miles in the ocean. Yes. That wasn't as hard as running 15 miles at the end of phase three, though. So, are your friends throwing a party for you to celebrate? There's a Fourth of July party this weekend. Well, your dad and I will be gone. Having a reputation to uphold as a tough warrior, I drank and drank at that party until I got sick. Then I left. Driving home down a curving mountain road, I rolled through a stop sign. When I saw the sheriff's flashing lights, I turned off my lights and went as fast as I could, almost losing control. I ran through another stop sign, but thankfully there was no other traffic. I got home, parked, and fled on foot, easily outrunning the deputies. I spent most of the night hiding in the bushes. In the morning when I went home, my car was gone. They had towed it away. I reported for work after the holiday and was told to see the command master chief. Are you Gunner Hansen? Yes, sir. NCIS wants to talk to you. Get your dress uniform. We'll escort you to their office. Two deputies were there to question me. I lied and lied until finally I laid my head on the table and asked if they were recording my testimony. They were not, so I told them the truth. Since my record was clean, they didn't arrest me. In court, I was charged with misdemeanor resisting and evading arrest. I paid a small fine but lost my security clearance and the right to deploy with my platoon. I had hit rock bottom. After all that perseverance and hard work, would thoughtless choices bring him down? We'll hear the answer next week in the conclusion of Gunner's testimony. Meanwhile, listening friend, if you are struggling with the consequence of foolish decisions, be assured that there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. His name is Jesus Christ. He said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. If he is for you, who can be against you? If you have never invited him to be your Savior and Lord, you can do that now by praying with us. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead and lives forevermore. Save me, Lord. Come into my life and make me like you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for the gift of eternal life in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let us know you prayed, and we'll send you some helpful literature. The address, Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. The telephone number in Chicago, 312-492-9410. Our email address, unshackled at pgm.org. Visit our website to learn more about this ministry, unshackled.org. I just love Unshackled, people write. We hope you let the manager of this radio station know that you feel that way, too. Tell them to keep broadcasting Unshackled.
This is program number 3153, heard in the true story of Gunnar Hansen, part one, where Michael Ward, Jim Mallon, Trish Elliott, Jim McCants, Ann Gallagher, and Adam Sweeters. Original music, Don Badorf, sound, Nadine Aloisio, engineer, Kim Rasmussen, script, Kenitha Gabler. I'm Don Stroop. Unshackled is produced by Pacific Garden Mission to show through true stories that if your life is empty, it can be filled to overflowing. Take a moment to write and let us know you listen. The address, Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Anxious? You may call Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago and talk with someone who cares. 312-492-9410. Someone is waiting for your call. 312-492-9410.